Hello and welcome to the Hearts Review with me, Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week is Spencer to review the game against Arbroath on Friday, preview our Scottish Cup semi-final against Hibs, and we finish picking our alternative, Derby Eleven. How are we both this week? Very well, very well. Yourself? I'm good. Doing fine. Getting there, getting there. At least hearts are back. Um, bit nervy though last night, I have to say. Just a tad. Um, wasn't a, a performance that, that covered themselves in glory, was it? But uh, yeah, they got the job done. I think that's an encouraging thing. Well, I suppose folks say that's how you win the uh, championships and, and stuff like that. I mind one of the games when we were in the championship last time out was against, I think we were playing Livingston, and I mind getting really excited because we'd won 1 0, but it's one of those sort of games where, you know, we sort of battled hard to get the win. But I think that game was in January, not, um, you know, the second game yeah. in. I, I think I think that's the slightly concerning thing that it's all right saying, yeah, you know, we need to win these games and you'll get these games and all that sort of thing. But you'd expect at the start of a season, especially when you're coming off a 6-2 victory, that that the momentum and the, the feeling good from from the kind of start that we've had, you would go into this game and you would blow them away. It would be over by half time. I know it's a little bit disrespectful to Tarbroath. I wasn't aware that they had the third best home record in, in Scotland, according to Nielsen. But if that if that's the case, then fair enough. But I, I still thought it was a it was a pretty sloppy performance. First kind of 15, 20 minutes, to be fair, were okay. But I think overall, it, it was fairly poor. I mean, bit of a caveat to that is it's the best record in, home record in Scotland over the last two years. And, and the first year, they won League One in that. Sort of playing mind games with players, maybe they're Robbie Nielsen. But... It is a difficult place to go, Spencer. It is. Campbell's a shrewd operator. He's a very talented manager. Been around a long time. Yeah, I thought it was a, a disappointing performance. But, you know, it kind of reminds me of, you know, when we won 1-0 away at Alawa that championship season. Just kept the momentum going. That's all you needed last night was the three points, especially before that semi-final. So, I mean, you know, if, if we ended up losing next week, which we'll talk about later on, then obviously that performance last night becomes a bit more worrying. But if we if we get a victory next week, it's not really that important. It's just about getting the three points in games like last night. And, you know, Craig Gordon was our best player on the on the park, which says a lot, I think. Uh, but, yeah, I, I was happy with the win. Nothing special, but you just take what, what you're given. Especially, if that was at Tynecastle, then obviously you're very disappointed. With a performance, but away from home, you just you just take that as far as I'm concerned. Sorry, you've you've got to question the way that we were set up, though. I mean, I I don't like the fact that we used two holding midfielders in a game away to a championship side. I appreciate that you know, there uh, it's a dangerous game on paper, but you know they set up basically to try and contain us, and we've started the game not expansively enough we've 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 almost we've almost set the 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 the, the our sort of formation up to contain them almost and i, I was just baffled by the, the fact that halliday um was uh, well not baffled the, the fact that halliday started but the fact that he was he was sitting so deep at times and i, I thought lee as well would have got further forward and he didn't either he sat very deeply as well and at times you know walker wasn't doing enough um, you know, he wasn't getting on the ball enough. He wasn't creating enough, and that was leaving boys isolated. And it just kind of it, it fitted straight into our both's hands, really. 
Um, so I, w- I was a bit baffled by that, I, I have to say. And um, I think if we had started a wee bit more expansively and, and even with the two up top and maybe went slightly more direct to start off with, then it could have been a more comfortable night. Um, but yeah, I was, I, was a bit, I was a bit baffled by that. Of course, we like to use our wingers, Spencer, and Ganelli going off in the first few minutes obviously didn't help that. Um, of course, Nielsen brought on uh, Craig White and who eventually went on to score, but you know, he started Craig White in, in the same sort of position Ganelli was playing. You know, he's, he's, not, he's not a winger, he's a striker, isn't he? Yeah, he, he did change the shape. He sort of persisted with it for about you know, 50, 20 minutes or something like that. Then he put the two up, the, the two up top, didn't he? Uh, it was a shame with him going off injured in the first eight minutes. I thought he started quite brightly. He actually got quite a few crosses into the box. Uh, a lot more than we did in the, the following uh, 82 minutes, which says a lot for the first eight minutes of the game. Uh, yeah, hopefully he's uh, he's okay for Saturday. I think we will need him against Hibs um, for that semi-final. I think it's the sort of game he would be very uh, very useful in. So hopefully it's nothing. wasn't overly impressed with Freer. Um, I have to say, I thought he, uh, you know, I thought some of his uh, his ball retention was quite poor. I thought he was, you know, I thought he was quite, I don't know, he looks like one of these players that's a confidence player, you know, he, they, they thrive on having a good start to the game. And I think when you almost, you know, because let's be honest, a lot of the ball wasn't coming down that, that side. So I think, uh, you know, he got a bit frustrated and um, as a lot of them did, to be fair, but I think he's he, he didn't cover himself in glory, shall we say? But um, I think de- definitely, I think against Hibs that we'll, we'll need to have our wide men because we're not we're not a, a team that's blessed with a tremendous amount of pace. And although I think you know if we if we play the if the, if most of the games played through the middle of the park, that'll suit us. But ultimately, Hibs have quite a few wide wide men who can cause um, cause us problems. The encouraging thing is we've got two good fullbacks. Um, however, I think we need more out wide. I think when you put Jamie Walker out wide, I've said this before. I just think he becomes irrelevant because he's just he's not got the pace um, to to play out wide. Um, so I think that's definitely concerning. If we've got two injuries in that area, especially when we've we've brought two of these guys in, but um, I think that's something that Nielsen will need to look at ahead of next week. Our both sort of grew into the game, Spencer, in that first half. You know, they had a few chances. I mean, Chris Doolan really testing Craig Gordon. I think that's the difference, though, between, you know, an average goalie like we've had the past few years and a, a top-quality goalkeeper. Yeah, um, I have to say, Craig Gordon's sort of uh, proved me... Well, not proved me wrong, obviously. We knew he's a quality keeper. I just... I was not really excited when we signed him in the summer. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought he was probably past his best and I would have liked to have seen maybe a younger keeper come in, but he's, he's definitely still got it. I mean, there's no question about that. There was a brilliant save. Even against Dundee, he made a really good save um, last week, but yesterday he made a couple of really impressive saves, especially that one towards the end of the first half. Uh, yeah, it was uh, lucky we, would, we didn't go into half-time 1-0 down, that's for sure. So it would have been a very different game, I'd imagine, Gordon, if we did go into in the break at 1-0 down, especially in our growth and the conditions. Yeah, I, I think um, I'd, I'd be surprised if we had the ability to Especially the way we 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 had kind of set up, I think um, I was I was quite surprised that Stevie Naismith never made an appearance. I thought he would have. I thought that game would have would have actually suited Naismith because, you know, if we'd wanted to play that number ten role, I think he would have he would have been a lot better than what Walker was because Walker was just having a poor game. 
Um, and th- this isn't the, the me, you know, kicking mud in the Walker uh, game. I don't want to come across like that because I, I am a huge fan of Jamie Walker. I think he's got a lot of ability, but he's probably the most frustrating player to wear a heart shirt because he's got so much ability. He should be actually, he should be setting the tone, especially in that number 10 role, which he started in. And, and he should be the one where everything comes through. And he just, you know, there was a chance at the start of the second half where he got the ball. Um, and literally, he took so much time to decide what he wanted to do with it. The chance had gone. It should have been either, it should have been put across, you know, had two men in the middle. I think it was it was White and then Boyce. And, yeah. and he could have easily played it straight to them and it would have been a goal. It said he took too long. He didn't know what he wanted to do with the ball. And the chance was gone. And things like that really annoy me. You feel like if you have someone like Naismith in there. Now, I don't know who fit Naismith is. Maybe that's why he, he never came on. But, you know, he's been on the bench the last two weeks. don't know if maybe Nielsen's keeping him for, for this weekend. Um, but you feel like he, if, if Hearts were 1-0 down, he would have definitely came on. Because I think, you know, you need someone in there to to start sh- basically, you know, <laughs> getting their fingers out, really. Because it felt like it needed to be that sort of performance. In terms of the goal, it was a tremendous bit of skill from um, from Whiten, but it was a fantastic ball from Michael Smith. And sometimes I think in games like this, you need to go route one. Um, I think if Hearts were 1-0 down, they wouldn't have got that space in behind. They, they, they wouldn't have got the opportunity to put a ball like that and Whiten getting the opportunity to run in because our broth would have been a lot deeper. And that's concerning, you know, if, if Hearts were going 1-0 down and they're, they're facing a side who has camped in their own box. And, uh, and uh, you know, let's, let's be honest, it's happened a few times now already because Cowden Beef were the exact same time. It took, it took quite a while to break them down. Um, and, I mean, you could even say the same about the Inverness game, um, you know, although Inverness had chances and that was a little bit more open, but it still took us a while to break them down. So, slightly concerning. Uh, you you just hope that it's it was just one of the nights. But the good thing is we got the three points, but it's slightly concerning. One concerning thing as well, probably Gordon, is is Liam Boyce missing the amount of chances he did. I mean, he, he must have missed about two or three chances, golden opportunities. For a guy like him, he should really be scoring at least one of them. Yeah, I think I think definitely Liam Boyce is, um, is someone who I think once he gets that first goal, I know he scored the penalty, but I think when he gets that first goal, he'll go on a run. Um, I just think he's in a little bit of a rut just now. You know, he's not been fully fit. It's going to take him a while to get fit. But you see what he brings to, to, to the game. You know, his touching and his passing accuracy is still very good. Um, he took up some fabulous positions. However, he was getting frustrated because, he, you know, there, there wasn't been enough created for him. Um, I, I know it's it's I know what you're saying in terms of he should have scored a few, especially there was a chance uh, where he got two bites at um, I thought he had actually done really well and he, he was very unlucky. He had took the ball in and instead of hitting it first time, he took a little touch. Then when he shot, it was um, it was blocked by the defender and then he got another chance and, and it just went wide. Should have scored with the second chance, but it shows you the quality and, and kind of the sort of technique to not just f- fling a foot out and, and go for it. He's actually composed in the box. I, I just thought he was unlucky, to be honest with you. I think he's one of these guys when he scores... Uh, is for a uh, first goal from open play, he will go on a run, and I think he'll still get twenty to twenty-five goals this season. I think he's a fabulous player. It's just a little bit. He's just going through a little bit of a rut just now, um, but I think he'll definitely come through, um, and and we'll start seeing the best of him. One player that's not in a rut is certainly Craig Whiten. Um, scored a very good goal 
I have to say. Very good goal. We've given him a lot of stick on this this show. Um, but, you know, he's um, he's came up with goals at the right times. He, he has, you know. I, I thought, you know, I think when you are a, a fringe player, almost, as to what that's basically what Wayne is, um, I think I think you've got to take your opportunities when they come in. And, listen, he scored, what is it, is it four goals now he's scored um, in all competitions? So, credit to him, listen, it was a lovely finish. I think it's, um, you know, and to be honest with you, I mean, you could argue that he himself could have could have scored a few more um, last night because he, he missed a couple of chances. But um, I think I think overall, I, think, I thought it was a good performance. I think, um, you know, it was interesting that he was, that he was brought on and almost, Started in that kind of wider position. I know he's played. He played as a, a little bit of a winger for Dundee. I don't think he's he's quite, you know, that quite suits him. I think definitely playing more through the middle suits him. Um, but listen, it was a fabulous goal. It really was, and and credit to him. And um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I don't think he'll start on Saturday. Uh, I still think he'll be on the bench for that. But at least if um, you know, we need a bit of fresh legs up there, then he's somebody who could potentially get us a goal. Of course, our both uh, sort of bombarded us at the end there, Spencer. It was uh, it was a classic Karch being one nil up and and just sort of defending <laughs> their way through. And Michael Ruth obviously missed um, an opportunity, and then McKenna missed a golden opportunity at the end as well. Mm-hmm. Was that the deflected one that just that went out for the? Yeah, so that was Michael Ruth's one. Yeah, yeah well, my my stream froze right at that moment, like as soon as he hit it, but froze for a couple of seconds. I was like, that's going in. And I was like, oh no, that's 1 1. And then it just went wide in the corner. Very fortunate there. Um, yeah, you couldn't have judged our broth if they got a draw. They, they probably deserved a point, to be honest. So that makes that win last night even sweeter, even better. Um, keeps the, the winning run going. It's, it's good to get a clean sheet. Um, yeah, and just all the focus is now on Saturday for the semi final because we'll forget about this game. You know, this is, this is not going to be a game we remember. In, Five months' time, never mind five years' time, it's going to be forgotten about once we, we wrap up this title. So, uh, yeah, I'll focus on Saturday, which will be a game that will be remembered for many, many years to come. So that's the important one. But going back to this game, Gordon, it is a bit concerning, as you were saying. And, you know, this league is going to be a lot more difficult than, than maybe even we made out. Like last week, you know, Spencer was saying we'll win this 4-0. You were saying we'll win this game, you know, 3-4-0. You know... I don't think any. I think a lot of Hearts fans were sitting there thinking, you know, oh, we'll win this three 0 It'll be fine, you know, walk in the park. There is going to be difficult games in this league. We might still win them, but there is still going to be very difficult games. Yeah, but I, I think I'll be honest with you though. I don't think there's many di- more difficult places than going to Arbroath though. It's a very difficult place to go and play football. Um, just the way the pitch is, you know, it's it's not a flat pitch for a start. It's plenty of bumps and and we uh, lumps in, in in the pitch all over the place, and then you play right next to the coast as well. Listen, you know, I think it's a. I thought the the way we started the game was actually all right. I think maybe the injury slightly distracted us a little bit, but I think overall, I thought we were, you know, we had we we're moving the ball well. And the concern, the biggest concern for me was the fact that we we almost just stopped doing that, and we started playing into our broth's hands because we were moving the ball quickly. We were getting in behind. We were getting crosses into the box. We were looking all right, and I felt that a goal might have been coming, but it's almost like the goal didn't come, therefore the players quickly started to get frustrated. Arbroath got a wee bit more confident and then they started to get into the game a little bit more. Um, so 
I think the the important thing is that we yeah we stuck with it and then we eventually you know got the goal and won the game. But I think against a better team, the, the, you know they would exploit that. I think it's important that we continue to keep our feet on the ground and and believe in what we're doing. And I know we had to change the shape and all that sort of thing, but I think overall, I think if we had kept doing what we were doing and with the way we had started the first twenty minutes with the same intensity, I think we would have eventually scored in the first half. I, I believe we would have scored in the first half because, I mean, our both weren't particularly causing us any problems, but then we just took our foot off the gas a little bit. We started getting frustrated. We started playing longer balls and that ate into our both's hands and they became more confident and started playing a little bit more. So I think it's important that even though we haven't scored in the first 20 minutes, just calm down, just settle down, just keep playing the way we are, use your quality because we've got a lot of quality footballers, keep moving the ball quickly and the, the spaces will eventually come. And and then that's when you exploit them and you take your chances. I think it's that's something that we'll probably learn as as we go on. But I think it's something that, that the management team need to preach. I think it's a difference as well. You know, Robbie Nielsen teams they, they sort of switch it on and switch it off. It was only at the sixtieth minute mark. You seen they were playing a lot quicker. They were they were they were trying different things. You know, that's positive. At least we're not you know a one trick pony type team. Well, I, I don't I don't think we'll ever be an all out attack team under Robbie Nielsen. Um, I think I think we'll be a solid enough team. Um, and listen, there will be games where, you know, the 6-2 game, for example, where we'll blow teams away. And I still think we'll, we'll do that even when we're in the Premier League because I think we've got the sort of uh, players that when they all come together and they all click, they're a very good team. Um, however, you know, I think it's important that they try and identify a way they want to play. Um, I like I said, you know, I wasn't overly impressed with playing two holding midfielders. But, I mean, if if your number depends on Song, like you, you hope that Walker would have been, and he's the man who's getting the ball and he's creating chances and he's making space and, you know, he's feeding the, the attackers and the wingers and, and most of the plays coming through him, I can understand this playing two holding midfielders. And maybe against Hibs, that might, that might be the way to play. But I just think um, today, well, sorry, yesterday, um, for example, I just thought it was... It wasn't the right formation. It wouldn't be the way I would have set up. I would have liked to have seen us be a wee bit more open and and really put pressure on the, on their back line. Um, I know it's difficult when you know one of your players goes off early and it disturbs the the game plan. But I still think that we were playing a side that had lost three 0 on the opening day of the season to a newly promoted side. They'd be wounded. Yeah, they'd fancy themselves. You know, it's a big match under the lights. It's it's at home. But I think when we're coming off a result where we've just won 6-2, I think it's important that we continue the momentum when we're going into the game and we try and score as quickly as possible um, because right away their heads would have went down. I believe that. But we gave them the opportunity to get back into the game. Um, we became frustrated in our own performance and that, that in turn gave them confidence and, and they started to believe a little bit more. Um, yeah, and, and t- eventually quality took over and we won the game. But... It won't always be like that. So I think we've we've got to learn from it. There's no point patting ourselves on the back and saying, oh, it's, it's a brilliant three points because, yeah, it's important that we won the game, but I think we've got to we've got to take the negatives from it and I think we've got to learn from them more than saying, oh, it's a positive that we won the game. I think I think it's important to actually learn and, and go from there. And of course, uh, we, we finished the, the weekend um, actually third in the table, Spencer. Wraith Wraith Rovers, but, but winning 5-2 against Queen of the South um, today. And obviously Dunfermline and beating Aloha 4-1. Are they going to be the two that, that are challenging us this season? Uh, 
no. What was the Dundee score today? Did they win? We don't. I know. I know they were winning. <laughs> but uh, I think yeah, they but, won one. Right. Okay. Dundee won. Yes. Dundee won 1-0. Okay. So Dundee will probably finish second. But you know, I said Wraith Rovers would be in the playoffs at the start of the season. Some of you said they would get relegated. I, I, think. Well, I still, I still stand by that. Right. I, I think they've got a talented manager in Mr. John McGlynn. Uh, no. So a good victory for them. Um, I think uh, I think they'll be in the playoffs. I think Dunfermline will be in the playoffs, and uh, obviously Alloa are both will be fighting to stay up. Queen of the South, I don't think, are good enough to get the playoffs this year. Uh, so yeah, it'll probably it'll probably be the top four. Hearts will be champions, and then it'll be between Dundee, Wraith Rovers, and Dunfermline for the the playoff spots and trying to get get promoted. But Hearts uh, are think- comfortable. I, I think I think two will probably come up from the championship, though. I think there is quite a lot of uh, decent teams in there this year. Um, you know, I think I think Hamilton and St Mirren are are in deep trouble. St Mirren in particular. I, I I think definitely though. I think there's a lot of strong teams in the championship, and I think um, you know I think anybody could get into that playoffs. You know, I mean, you seen the. I think when Dunfermline came up a few years ago, they weren't favourites to come up. Um, they surprised everybody, and 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 they ended up, you know. Winning the league, so you know sometimes that 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 league is quite unpredictable. And I think when there was only twenty seven games, you never know. But I think Hearts will be comfortable. I don't think anybody will challenge Hearts in the end. I think uh, games like last night, Dunfermline and Wraith lose those games. Um, I think I, I know it's easy to say. You know, the Wraith won three 0 and then they've won what was it four one today. That's well, good for them, but they're, they're riding. The wave of optimism. Listen, I, I thought Rafe done well when they played against us at Tincastle. I thought that there was some decent play there, but ultimately our B team still beat them three one. Yeah. Rafe won five two today away from home. Five two was it? Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, f- fair play. You know, it's a good result for them. They're scoring goals at the moment, but um, I still think that they they might struggle. Um, but listen, our our both done very well when they came up last season. You know, I think they ended up finishing uh, fifth in the end and. And they were in that playoff picture. So I think sometimes when you do come up, I mean, it happened to Livingston as well. You know, when when they came up from League One, you know, they went straight into the playoffs. So I think you can you've seen it in England as well. You know, the amount of times a team from League One comes up and then they go and win the championship the following year. Um, you ride that that kind of wave of optimism, and you, and you do get a certain winning mentality. Um, I think obviously Wraith have been extremely lucky because I don't think they would have won that that league, but. Listen, who knows? You know, they never know. <laughs> Your football's a funny old game. They might end up going up via the playoffs next year. You just never know. Well, you, um, you know what the most predi- unpredictable league season we've, well, two league seasons we've probably ever had. You know, if we actually get to playoffs this year, it could be quite interesting if a team, say if we're still in the same situation, it'd be quite interesting if a team ended up having to self-isolate. What would happen? It would be technically be a cup. So would the team lose 3-0 and just go down after not being able to? Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I think that's something the SPFL have got to have got to iron out and and be aware of because I mean at the end of the day, you know, it's a it's a difficult situation. Um, you know, we've seen already Kilmarnock are under investigations. They're finally starting an investigation into Simbirin. So um, they'll need to do something. You know, nothing's disturbed the the lower leagues yet, thankfully. Um, but I think definitely. Um, They'll they'll have to come up with a contingency plan. What, what do you? It's not really fair though. You could argue. We're talking about sport and integrity and stuff like that. Say if Hearts ended up going down with with you know players having to self isolate, 
you wouldn't be happy yourself. It's nothing we can control. Now, what what will the league do here? Yeah, but the the, the the issue there is Hearts have a big enough squad to deal with that. And I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the, the these clubs have got to control each. You know, there's only a handful of clubs that it seems to be happening to. At the end of the day, they were told that they could restart football again, providing that they, they adhered to, to the certain regulations that they were supposed to keep in the bubble. If their players can't behave and and can't stick to at the end of the day, you know, they, 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 they're supposed to, to stick in a bubble, they go home, they train, they play. That's all they should be doing. And if they continue to keep getting sick because they're breaking uh, the rules, then I'm sorry, but as a football club, they've got to take the punishment. Simple as that. And if Hearts were doing the same, and and our players weren't behaving, then then absolutely same thing should be happening to them. But the good thing is, I don't think that's happening with us. Uh, it doesn't happen to be. It's not happening to the majority of clubs. Majority of clubs are, are sticking to the to the rules. They're sticking to what they've been told, and uh, and it only seems to be. Uh, there, there's only so long, so many times that it can happen before it becomes a, a you know more than a coincidence. Um, you know, Celtic and Aberdeen were fined. Um, when when it didn't, uh, you know, when their, their their particular players didn't um, didn't stick to the rules. Clubs talk about being professional all the time up here. Does it make it look? Does does this make clubs look unprofessional? Uh, a little bit, but I think it makes uh, the governing body look more unprofessional because what they said to us last year was that because of the schedule, you know, that that's how we couldn't finish those final eight games. So are they just going to make? Uh, more time to play these games later on. I think the schedule must be stuck to. The games have now passed. I don't think they should get the opportunity to play these games because we never got the opportunity to play these final eight games uh, last year when I think we could have easily. I think it could have been fitted in. So are they going to change the schedule about and make them play these games at a later date? I don't think that's very fair. I think they have to stick to the, the, the schedule at this uh, hard time during this pandemic, make sure that the games don't fall behind. I mean, it, it could become a bit a bit ridiculous at the end of the season, Gordon. You know, before the split, we might end up having, you know, teams with six games in hand before they have to play them in the space of, like, two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and like I say, you know, I think if it, if it was a one-off game, then, you know, you can maybe have a bit of sympathy for them and you could say, right, fair enough. Like, like the Aberdeen game was, you know, I think Aberdeen only missed one game. Um, and they've, they've, they've now played that game since. It should almost be the case if you have one strike. You know, Aberdeen and Celtic have had one strike. If they then go and do it again, then it should just be three 0 defeats. Um, yeah, there's going to be a there's going to be a plan in place because you you can't get to the end of the season where you've got six games still to play. Um, and you know you've only got uh, a certain amount because I mean people people need to remember as well we've, we've got the European Championships in the in the summer, and and then. You know what? What if the title still got to be decided, and Celtic have still got to play? You know, two of the teams who couldn't fulfil fixtures, and Rangers think they've won the league already, but or you know, but Celtic have got to send their international players away um, because you know they've got the the European Championships coming up. Do you honestly think that Celtic and Rangers are going to say that their their players can? You know, they, they'll want to sit and fulfil fixtures that could potentially decide the league title without their best players. Do you honestly think that's going to happen without an uproar? Not a chance. I think the problem, though, with, with the way that the, the league is, construct, is constructed is that they have to actually play these games before the split because you could you could have games determining who's going to finish sixth and who's going to play in the la- that last bit. What I would say is, you know, play the games or, or have that one-strike thing. 
But you know, you can add that you can add that sort of thing of the caveat of there's only thirty three games. They only play the three rounds. Yeah, I mean the the the, the big thing for me is I listen, I was listening to Chris Sutton today and I, oh, he said it was ludicrous that um, there should be any suggestion that teams like St Mirren and things like that should lose three 0 because it would you know uh, sport integrity and all this sort of nonsense and and he was talking about how you know it could affect relegations and the league title and things like that. But at the end of the day. Celtic won the league championship last year without playing all their games. Therefore, how could they sit there and then moan and say that, oh, well, this wasn't a legitimate... Like, say Rangers win the league and they say it isn't a legitimate title because, you know, there was a few games in there that went down as 3-0 uh, uh, wins for you or, or other teams um, and because we couldn't fulfil fixtures and things like that. They, they would then argue and say, well, you know, you haven't legitimately won it because... That these games finished three 0 and they weren't played. But at the end of the day, they didn't play all their games last season. So I think you know the SPFL set a trend last year when they were happy for games not to be played and they were happy for their league uh, position to be finished from there. Same thing could happen this year. Um, and ultimately, they've they've got to stick with. They can't do one thing at one point and then do another um, uh, another season. They've got to stick and and toe the line. In my opinion, Benzer, what happens if say the league season is cancelled? Um, Hearts are top of the league and they're told no you can't get in the Premiership so the, the, the reverse of last season just despite us I'm, I'm just I'm just I'm just giving an example yeah. of what might happen what could happen Pro- probably probably will happen with uh, would that be a lawsuit we would win I mean maybe this uh-huh. time yeah I think we'd probably be on the winning side this time uh, or they might just force through league reconstruction again, just to spite us. Although we get to come up, they would just uh, wouldn't, wouldn't shock uh, me. By the way, yeah, it'd be twelve months later or something like that. Yeah, I'm convinced that that league reconstruction would have passed if Hearts were safe. We'll shelve the bitterness for just now and then talk about um oh. la- <laughs> and talk about um last season's um Scottish Cup semi-finals that are getting played this weekend. Um, Hibs are Hearts' opponents. Um. We've stated this before, Gordon. Huge game for Robbie Nielsen and Hearts. Yeah, I mean, I think when when you look back at Robbie Nielsen's first tenure, um, and we have spoken about this so many times, ultimately, when he, when his tenure failed, or people look back on his tenure, I know you can say, you know, he took the team to third place, he won the championship, all that sort of thing, but it's defined by Scottish Cup game against Hibs. Because ultimately, we were 2-0 up with 10 minutes to go. We then lost the replay. They go on and win the Scottish Cup. His Derby record overall was poor. Um, it wasn't just the results. It was, it was the performances. And there was a lack of... It just, it just didn't look like you were watching a Hearts team in derbies. You know, historically, when, when Hearts go into to Derby games, it doesn't matter how they're playing in the league, where they are in the league. There's always a certain performance that comes from a Hearts team. There's an expectation there. You know, derby games, winning derbies is our thing. It's in our DNA. And it looked like we had lost that. And the, the, the way we had, we had threw away that, that cup game, it just didn't sit right with the fans. Um, Nielsen's got a very unique opportunity now, the fact that it's almost rules reversals. It's his championship team that's a, a playing a Hibs team that's in the Premiership. It's a semi-final of the Scottish Cup. You know, he's, he, he's, got, a, he's got a real opportunity here to go and beat them lay down a marker that would ultimately buy him so much grace with the fans. Ultimately, 
yeah, they, they, pro- they probably it probably would be a, a a big way of forgiving them um, for for what happened last time against Hibs, and it would just almost lay that element of doubt that that people have over him, um, especially in, in in these fixtures. So it's a massive for him more than anything because if he wins this game, um, he gets rid of that 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 duck off his back, and it means that. Um, you know he's 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 got a chance to win in a cup final, and I think you know the way he is as a manager, how shrewd he is, I think he you know he might just be the man who could who could potentially um, unlock Celtic um, or Aberdeen, who, whoever it is in the final. Um, it could just be the the sort of game that would um, that, that that would cement his legacy really, and it would give him a, a long time. You know, basically it would take any pressure off him really um, in the league, and it meant that he would start the summer with so much optimism and, and there would be such a feel-good factor around the club again. And it would really, I, I think it could honestly lift us to new heights. Hearts had won that game against Hibs. Hibs hadn't won the Scottish Cup. Hearts potentially could have won the Cup that year. Um, then they, 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 would, they would have went into the following season, uh, the following summer with just a different feeling. And listen, it wouldn't have shocked me if we would have ended up in the Europa League group stages. Momentum and, and, and the way feeling is in football clubs can take you that far. And I think um, that game, it just deflated the supporters. The fact that we had to sit and watch them win the cup as well, it just didn't sit right with with fans. And unfortunately, it cost them in the end. Um, that's why a lot of supporters were happy to see him go. I mean, it was only two weeks after that game that you'd seen a plane fly over Tynecastle telling them that they wanted them out. You know, and we've had some brutal managers over the years, but they've never had a plane fly over Tynecastle um, demanding that, <laughs> that they get sacked. So I think that just that just shows you how how disappointed the supporters were and how unacceptable it was. And and Nielsen will know that. He absolutely knows how important this is for him um, and, his, and his tenure and how successful he'll be over this period. Hibs do provide a lot of threat though, Spencer. Third in the league, had a very good start to the season. It's not going to be an easy game. No, it won't. But they are winning a lot of games 1-0, so... Um, and I've seen them a few times. I've seen them against St. Johnston where they won 1-0 uh, right at the end. They're, they're not... I haven't been particularly impressed with them, but they're winning games, which you need in that league. Um, they'll be battling Aberdeen for third place. I think Aberdeen will probably just pit them to it. So it'll be close. Uh, Nielsen, though, yeah. I mean, what, what was the big issue with his last tenure? As Gordon said, his derby record and his cup record. There's an opportunity here to kill... Uh, Two birds with a one stone. It's a semi-final and it's a derby. So um, we'll see if he... It's a huge game for him. I mean, he needs to win. I mean, we have to win. We can't be sitting here next week after a defeat and Hibs are in the Scottish Cup final. You know, we we have to be in that Cup final. I'll even take penalties. I would count, obviously... I would take a penalty win. I would count that as a big victory. So just uh, just need to make sure we're in that final. Who are the key men for Hearts, Gordon? I mean, listen, I still think Robbie doesn't know his, his best team yet, but I think having Peter Harren in the team uh, would be a huge boost, especially if he wants to, to play with the holding midfielders, which he, he seems to kind of um, sort of play every week now. I think having him and Halliday, I mean, I don't know how fit Harren would be to start, um, but I think having him and, and Halliday maybe sitting in there would, would be key because it would, you know, it would certainly... It would, <laughs> Thing is, when when Robbie Nielsen was playing in his last tenure, when he was playing against Hibs um, previously, Hibs had a really strong midfield. They had Marvin Bartley in there, who was the sort of no nonsense utility man 
who would just go and break things up. John McGinn was fantastic at doing that as well. So Hibs had those sort of players and they continually won the midfield battle. Um, it wasn't until Levine came in and, and he really seen that and he beefed up his midfield and you know and 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 he said, listen, you need to win the battles in the middle of the park. Um, I just that that wasn't happening under under Nielsen's previous teams. Um, I think now Hearts' midfield is, is stronger than Hibs's. I still believe that. Um, I think although Hibs have some, uh, you know, they, they have a lot of good ball players in the middle of the park, but I don't think they've maybe got that. That grit. I mean, you could argue that the lad that they got from uh, Hamilton is a Gogic. Aye, Alex Gogic. Yep. Yeah, I, th- I think he's he's kind of been uh, he's been deployed in that area to do that. Um, I think he. I don't know how fit he is or if he's even been playing recently, but I think having somebody like Harren in there um, and Halliday as well to break up play um, and and get sort of our ball players on 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 the ball. Um, guys like either if it is Walker or Naismith, um, you know, who, who can create things for Liam Boyce because the last thing you want is him to be um, isolated again like he was at Arbroath um, for large periods of the game. You know, you, you need the ball. You need, you need somebody in there if you're going to play with a 10 to be constantly creating. And I think Naismith suits Boyce better than what Walker does. I think you've seen the game against Rangers, for example, last season, just how effective those two were. And I think having them against that Hibs defence, which, let's be honest with you, isn't that great. I think Portress is one of the most overrated players I've ever seen. He's a bit of a hatchet man, if I'm being honest with you. I think you can easily play football against him and Hanlon. Um, if you use the ball well and and you you find areas, you can easily get in behind them. I, I think even their, their full-backs aren't particularly great either. So I think there's 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 big opportunities for Hearts there if if they can get their they can get their formation spot on and if everyone's up the game get plenty of energy in the middle of the park then then they've got a really good opportunity. I know it's a derby game, Spencer, but is it about going at Hibs, try to attack them, try to play on the front foot? Uh, to an extent, I think they have players that could hurt us though on the counter. They have that Christian Deutsch, Nisbet, and uh, Boyle. Um, so I think there are three dangerous players that we need to be wary of but I do think Hibs, although they've been keeping a lot of clean sheets, it may sound a bit contradictory but I do think their weakest aspect is their defence. Lewis Stevenson played today, I think if we had one of our pacey wingers playing we could get right at him uh, Hanlon and Porteous as Gordon says are a bit suspect at times um, it sounds a bit negative but I'd try and bypass the midfield in that game I would actually try and get up top as quick as possible and try and get in behind Hibs. Uh, I don't think it should become a midfield battle. I think that's when it would become a bit problematic, I think. Um, so, yeah, I would just try and get the ball up top as quick as possible. I'd actually start Whiten. You know, I, I, I would start him. See, I, 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 I disagree there, because I actually think Hearts are stronger in the middle of the park than what Hibs are. Um, I think, you know, I just don't think we've got the pace to bypass the midfield. Um, you know, I, I mean, fair enough if we've got Roberts and... Um, and Ginelli playing fine, but I mean, there's no guarantee that they two might even be in the team. I think, um, I think if anything, Hibs might try and bypass the midfield, and they might try and have a go at us. But the good thing is, you know, you've got Smith and um, Kingsley in there, who I think are, are two very good fullbacks. Um, Popescu, I think, is, you know, I think he's starting to settle now. I think he's a decent enough centre half. And Halkett in there, and then you've got Craig Gordon. I think defensively we're okay. I think we can we can deal with um, 
with with the Hibs front line. Um, yeah, you know, they'll be trying to get in behind us. So I think it's important that we stand strong there. I think by having extra cover in midfield, like a Haring or a Halliday, you know, it gives us the opportunity to, to go to a back three at times when we are going forward with our fullbacks. Um, because the last thing you want to do is actually leave ourselves open um, to counter-attacks from guys like um, Nisbet and things like that, because they'll try and get in behind hearts. I think it's important that, that we, you know, are pretty solid but we, we use the ball well. I think we've got a lot of technically good players. And I think when, you know, there's there's a more open pitch at Hamden, I think we can use that to, to our ability. Um, so, listen, it'll be a tough game. I mean, it's difficult to say. I, w- I wouldn't be shocked if it does go all the way to penalties. Would not shock me at all. I think both teams will be more afraid not to lose than to actually go and win it. So, don't expect it being a 4-4 draw. Um, I think it'll definitely be... Yeah, I can see it going all the way extra time in penalties. I just think both sides might just cancel each other out in the end. Um, especially if they do both set up quite similar, um, you know, with the holding midfielders. And, and, and the in the end, it just becomes, um, yeah, especially the way Jack Ross and, and Robbie Nielsen are, you know, like I think you've said before, it's the, the school of... <laughs> it's, the, it's, it's, it's the Craig Levine school of management. This is what this derby is all about. It, it, so it, it does make for, let's face it, a pretty boring game of football. Listen, I'll, I'll take boring as long as as long as Hearts are in the cup final. That's all I'm interested in. I think that's what everybody will take from a Hearts point of view. And we'll move on and we'll um, finish our um, derby eleven. That we'd probably still beat Hibs in a derby, any given derby. We've already picked the midfield. We've already picked the strikers. We now need to pick the defence and goalkeeper for this game. What are your thoughts this week, guys? Mm. A bit tougher, a bit tougher, you have to say, because defensively, uh, I mean, I think probably it would it would maybe be a bit harsh to leave Zalukas out of it. I remember in that 2-2 game where Stephen Elliott equalised, he was uh, he had a simple ball to deal with, instead he just wiped out the Hibs player, gave away a penalty, and uh, we ended up going down to 10 men. Luckily managed to salvage a draw. Out of that. A big deflection where we got beat 1-0, came off of him. Oh, his own goal, yeah, yeah. But but he did have the ability to wind up the Hibs support as well, though. Yeah, he did. Of course, he did. He was he was he was he was almost a Sergio Ramos type player, wasn't he? You know what I mean? He just loved to hate him, I think. And um... we're we're comparing Mario Zalukas to Sergio Ramos. <laughs> Lithuanian Sergio Ramos, yeah, a Lithuanian Sergio Ramos. Listen, I I don't think it would be harsh to call him a shit house. Um, yeah. and I think he I think he played on that very well. Um, as I think defenders need to need to do sometimes. So um, yeah, I, I think he would. Uh, I think just because he has had a few moments, I think he maybe makes it in because he scored winners against them. So yeah, um, I think he would he would beat them, and he has. Mario Zalukas is in the Lithuanian Sergio Ramos is in our team. Well, for 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 goalkeeper, I mean we have two duds from last season, but both of them won a derby. Pierre and Lamal are both derby winners. And but both you, say, you, can even, you can even put Doyle in there, by the way. Doyle, yeah, he's won a derby, yeah. I mean, it's I only the last couple of years we've had dud goalies. We always had good goalies up, you know, before. Mm-hmm. Um, even Jamie McDonald and things like that. Up until then, we've, we always had good goalies. But then he Alexander the- was suspect, but he was okay. But um, so Zamal and Hamilton, things like that. <laughs> We're Jack Hamilton, probably. I mean, there you go. Did Jack Hamilton uh, win a derby? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. I remember, 2-1 yeah. at Tynecastle. 
Nielsen's only derby win. Nielsen, yeah, so Nielsen's only derby win was with Jack Hamilton in goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he gave away a penalty, but Liam Craig missed it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't actually have the trust in Jack Hamilton to keep a clean sheet. Lamal, get him in. No, I, I, I wouldn't have any. Um, I, I wouldn't have any trust in Zlamal. I think, uh, I think Doyle would maybe be the best of a bad bunch. Made a good save at Easter Road, Doyle. To be fair. Mm. So Doyle, getting Doyle in there. Nobody else, because we have had good goalies. We have had good goalies over the years. Colin Doyle's in. We still need to pick another. Three of our back four. Um, Jordan McGee, he won a derby, didn't he? Good shout. Also, also lost us one. Uh, well, he had so much promise and then he sort of went to play for Middlesbrough's C team or something. And yeah. He said no. that was better experience than playing with Hearts, Middlesbrough's C team. <laughs> well, he has to go in. Jordan McGee, is a, he was right back, wasn't he? Right back. Ten and a half. Well, he was a centre back. He also played, but he was centre. But but we do have other centre back options. I mean, Brad Mackay did win a derby as well. I mean, you could probably inc- you could probably include both of them, really. To be honest with you, I mean, you could maybe have, I um, yeah. I mean, you could probably have McGee at right back, couldn't you? And then Mackay at, at centre half. I think that would that'd probably be fair. But is there anybody else more worthy of that centre back pairing with with Aliukis? I mean, Jordan McGee is in because you know. He did make a few mistakes. Brad McKay was all right in a heart shirt. I didn't mind him. Aye. I mean, he was he was all right. But, I mean, listen, Zal Yukis won the Scottish Cup and he's made it in. Where's Jamie Hamill in all this? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose. I, I was going to mention Hamill. Because um... he needs to be in there and he did win a fair few derbies, to be fair. Well, I mean, to be fair... What you could always do is you could play him, like you know, you could play a back three with Zal Yukis, um, and McGee, and then you could put Hamill in midfield if you wanted. So we're playing a three-four-three. <laughs> yeah, with like no wingers though. I don't think apart from Billy King. Yeah. Right. So we're changing the formation then. Are you agreeing with this, Spencer, or you you have nothing? So, right, okay. So, Zalukis in the middle, McGee, Mackay. Bwabin and Hamill as sitting central midfield. <laughs> <laughs> With Billy King and Ian Black. <laughs> David Abua, Christian Naddy and Gary Glenn. All managed by the, the great Craig Levine. That, that beat Hibs. It would beat Hibs. Oh, famous 2-0 victory. <laughs> <laughs> oh. The boys the fans. <laughs> yeah, that team that team would be legendary. They'd win every derby, but probably get relegated. <laughs> yeah. We've created a monster here, I have to say. This team can't see the, the light of day. No. <laughs> you know you know what you should actually do? You should you, you should set it up on football manager and see how they get on. Do you know what? That could be like a, a, a sort of um, like a sideshow sort of thing. If you could get them all on the same team, see how they do. You'd have, you'd have to go back to Football Manager 2012 or something. I'm sure I'm sure David Abu and Christian Nadi would still be in the game in like 20, 
14, maybe? Well, one Addy was at Dundee or something, wasn't he? Right, so so we may well actually do do a football manager season with these um, great players. We'd have to pick subs, but I'm sure we can get that one week. We'll, we'll get it sorted and actually do this, because I think it would be quite funny to see where they are. Well, yeah, I mean, let, let, let me tell you something. If, if we don't win this weekend, there might be a few of them that might be making the bench then. Well, that's a good point. I mean, I think I think we we are open to um, to people coming on in the team. Well, there, there, there's not much width in that team. Let's be honest. <laughs> no, and imagine playing a whole season on Football Manager with, with that team. You'd have to like park the bus every time, <laughs> and then hope for one nil. Like hope for the breakaway goal. For I don't even know. I don't even know who would score the breakaway goal on that team. <laughs> Glenn. Do you know what might be actually quite funny is if you if you go on Football Manager, you can install Craig Levine as like the manager, right? So just change hearts, go in the edit thing. Do you know you can edit the, the teams? Change hearts to this whole squad. Make Craig Levine the manager and see where they finish. Would you would you know what? I've actually got the football manager twelve editor. Technically yeah. could do that. I think we should. I think we sh- what we should do is see where they are in three seasons and see where they finish and who they, who who he ends up signing or when he get or when Craig Levine gets sacked. The, the, the second division, yeah. Put a transfer embargo on them because they kind of yes. Good idea. So we'll do that. We'll do. We will not manage them because it will not be our responsibility. It'll actually be Craig Levine's responsibility on Football Manager. Well, no. What we'll do is we will just set them up in a game against Hibs and see how they get on. But does it have to be the current Hibs team? No, no, if it's FM12, it would be the team that nearly got relegated. We could see what the result is. <laughs> Which would technically be the 5-1 team, really. Yeah, we'll do that on FM12. Although I don't know if McGee and King would actually make be in that. So I don't know if you want to do it 14. Yeah, Billy King is, I definitely know that. Um, I don't know if Jordan McGee is. But we could add him in. We just get his stats from the FM14 and just create him and put him in. Anyway, that is the end of the show. Thank you both for joining me um, in the lead up to the Cup um, semi-final. We will have a preview show. Um, so look out for that during the week. There may well be a few special guests. Um, but until then, goodbye. <laughs>